five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglash for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. I promised you drowning in data, so we're going to go real fast through the fluffy stuff, and we'll show you what's what. Let's get it. Dig in. Here's Tom Fishburn for this week. Santa would like to see you when you're sleeping, know when you're awake, know if you've been bad or good. Don't allow. Okay. Now, if you don't allow, you don't get anything. That's it. And Tom goes on to talk about how Mark Zuckerberg, in 2010, mind you, 10 years ago, famously said that privacy was no longer a social norm. New research this month showed that 94% of consumers are uncomfortable with how their personal data is shared. Drew McRae at the Financial Rights Legal Center, looks like England, said consumers' expectation had fundamentally shifted. As he, as he put it, privacy is making a comeback. People are slowly realizing what's happening out there in the market and discovering that when they click on the button to agree to some service, some app, some website, there seems to be all this stuff happening to that data. People are starting to see the results of it. Now, I would add that they're not seeing a great deal of personalized advertising. They're not seeing the supercomputer knowing what they want before they want it knowing how to anticipate what they're going to run out of in the refrigerator like we've been promised for decades that doesn't happen they realize that most of the data is totally worthless to the merchants in terms of the promises they've made about personalization and all the other baloney and at the same time they're inundated with offers that they don't care about so if you're not going to make good use of my data leave me alone I'd rather be left to myself and I'll wander through the aisles and decide what I want when I want it okay so seven out of ten people regularly accepted privacy policies they weren't comfortable with and nine out of ten didn't read them at all like the Santa Santa one I might not be comfortable but I want that Christmas gift which brings us to the next story ugly sweater masks how cool is that? What could be better than that? Well, how about no masks, and let's just go back to the sweater. But all that aside, if you believe in masks and you want to wear them, here's some cool ones. I don't know exactly where to get them, and I don't care because I have my camo mask that I wear if I wear one. I don't always wear a mask, but when I wear one, I wear camo. L Stay three elves apart. There you go. That's probably longer. My, my arm span is about five foot. 10 5 foot 8 so you only really need one okay so you got that wrong so I wouldn't buy this one but it's cute and here you go ugly sweater masks there you go now you know where to get it now Amazon did their toy catalog and uh, they got dissed by my total retail which I kind of appreciate but it made me want to dig in and find out what this huge and expensive toy catalog looked like um, and here it goes. We'll go right over to the, I downloaded the PDF of the toy catalog, which isn't seeming to click. My computer is frozen. I'm not getting anything happening here. Just won't open my Amazon catalog. Oh, that's because I was already there. Okay, so here it is. <laughs> Joy Delivered. 
Okay, so, and uh, there's a lot of baloney in here, and not much to make me want to open it. A story about grown-ups, another page, another story for grown-ups, uh, a fill-in-the-blank story for kids, sort of an index, not clear, and in, includes, I don't know what, a um, lot of, now we get to the toys. Okay, and um, a puzzle that you can color in, another story, you know, and the worst is there's no product hierarchy here at all. This is not the way to portray a product. You know, yes, on the Internet, yeah, it makes sense. We got a box, we got a picture. It doesn't even make sense on the Internet. It doesn't look good. It's awful, right? But the presumption in the Internet is you know what you're after, okay, which is a big presumption. That goes back to my previous story. Okay, this has a little bit of hierarchy. You can see it a little bit. They got at least a little sensible. Not much here. A little bit here. But basically, it's lots of little boxes. Very ugly. Rarely is there a scale reference. You know, how do you know how big it is? Nobody knows. Okay, so I agree with the um, assessment. Worse yet, they took a poll in their office and found out that people, single women with no kids got it, uh, families with grown children got it, families with younger kids who's most, who are most directly in the market didn't get a catalog at all. You'd think Amazon would know. But you see, this is the funny part. You need to categorize your data to identify the kids right if you just say bought toys you'll get grandparents probably and that might be a good target market you know bought toys is a good one but there's all kinds of ways that you can target but you need to have multi-dimensional perspectives on the items bought it's not so simple and I'm sure Amazon with all of their products probably hasn't thought of it probably doesn't have a good way to model it because you need hundreds of variables but you need to do it in a way that makes sense you can't just let AI pick it so Amazon if you're looking for modeling you need it and let's go for it okay I thought I'd move over to to Facebook who's been sued for weaponizing consumer data to squelch competition we're gonna kinda just go past that one this was a great article by Stephen Yu as always if you subscribe at WDMA.org, you can get these show notes. Highlight it up in my own hand, uh, up on WDMA.org, but you have to subscribe or, uh, or join and support the work. Okay, Stephen Yu, great article. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of depth because I promised you that I would get you drowning in data. We're going to talk about drowning in data. But he's right. Most analysts, when they come out of school with their 4.0, They've been given questions to solve, but they haven't had to come up with the questions. In graduate school, you kind of do. So maybe if you got more expensive data scientists, you would do that. The other thing is, is that the data sets were already cleansed, which is not the real world. In fact, the real world is half the time you don't have the variable, like I just said about Amazon, that you're really looking for. That's one of the, one of the challenges. So you has a lot of great stuff in this article. Uh, be solution oriented. We're going to talk about that explicitly, right? And take data and ser data and analytics seriously, but not too seriously. Don't let AI run your company. Okay? 
Now, let's get over to this article, which prompted my deep dive into the past. Companies are struggling to keep up with the rising data tide. The volume of data companies deal with has increased 14-fold over the last five years. So in five years, it's multiplied 14 times. Did you get that? That means it's multiplying triple, double, 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 two to the third power, okay, every year right now. Okay, it's just crazy, right? Now, and only companies with strong data fundamentals are gaining significant value from it. This was from a study in Australia and basically said that only the companies that know what they're doing are benefiting at all. Most of them aren't benefiting at all. And the data leaders, 20 times their data has multiplied in five years. Much, much more. It's hard to know what matters, and I'll tell you what doesn't matter, is a lot of spurious data connections. You're going to see correlations in every direction. How do you sort them out? It used to be we didn't have enough data to know what the correlations are, and now you've got so much you don't know what they aren't. Everything correlates with everything. So given that, how do you get to insight? And so I thought I would take you back in time to a time when, a simpler time, 1995, the internet was just getting live. I built my first website in 1995, and I wrote this article called Drowning in Data. Okay, so we're going to tip into that. But before I do, I just wanted to bring something to the front. I don't know if you noticed this here in my background, but this is a picture that I had, a portrait I had done back in 1995 for this article, which was in Marketing Tools magazine. Okay, there I am. So I wasn't always this old. Because you say, who even listens to an old guy like that? Right? Nobody. Right? Okay, well I wanna I wanna send I wanna send you the article from when I was young. Okay, Drowning in Data, published in 1995. Data can improve your marketing efforts. At the time, I gave this as a speech, and only about a third of the room knew what recency frequency monetary was. That was the level of our data analysis. Who'd bought from us lately? Who'd spent more money? Who'd bought multiple times? If we knew that, we were at the forefront of data usage. Amazing. So I was recommending data usage, but it started to pile up. And I saw into the future, and I said, we're getting more and more and more data. We need a way to analyze it. And we hooked up computers, and we got statistical modeling and machine learning working. In 1995, we did our first modeling. Actually, 94, we did our first modeling for the Hudson Bay Company with 300 million transactions. Nice, huh? Is that right? 300,000? 300 million, I think it was three, because 20 million transactions in a good month, yeah, they, they owned Canada, 20 million line items, and we did our first modeling for Cabela's, 95, and a lot of other places, and we made a fortune for them, okay, 
I foresaw insatiable and insatiable appetite that marketing has for the new and exotic. And we capitalized on that. We had five companies wanting to buy us. I didn't know that was a good thing in those days. I was young. Didn't take finance in college. Took philosophy. The problem, however, is not really in the data. The problem is in ourselves. What I started seeing was I started seeing the IT department. Back then we called it the data processing department giving us, taking more and more tries at what marketing requested. All of a sudden, we wanted to access this data that was piling up in the ERP system. And what I noticed was that no matter what we asked for, it never quite matched up. Later, I learned that IT knew that we didn't know what we were asking for. We didn't know what we wanted. We didn't know what we were looking for. Does that seem right to this day? Absolutely. Amazon's still struggling with that, obviously. Right? Amazon, with the most data of anybody, the best testing environment, the most knowledge about your household, or at least about households like yours. Okay, But sometimes they got it right. And you know what I noticed? We still weren't happy because, because you'd look and say, well, if this, and if this, and if this, I wonder if, and we'd have a new requirement. And IT realized that. They realized that no matter what they gave us, we weren't happy. Why is that? Well, partly it's because marketing has to predict the future. And the future will never be like the present. Not exactly. Look at this year, for example. You know, what if you were building models based on 2019 data? We actually changed our models in the middle of 2020 with unemployment data added. So we could look at the counties and the zip codes. With our particular client, it didn't matter. But I bet there are companies that it did matter and would have mattered if they would have had it, which they didn't. That's part of making money with data, is you got to understand how the past and the future aren't lining up. Are not lining up. You got that? No matter what you do, they aren't lining up. Because that's the way it is. So what you have to do is you have to back up and take a few steps back. And you have to say, well, what are we trying to accomplish? And the answer is you're trying to make decisions. This is what you is getting at, Stephen You. You're trying to make decisions. Ultimately, it's not about data. It's about do we go left or right? Do we go up or down? How can we optimize? And there is no perfect answer. And we're going to get into this in another session because there's about four points here, and I'm only doing the first one. But one of the points is that unless you're setting up causal experiments, unless you can identify the causal impact of variables, which means isolation, which means split testing, which means high engagement, which means mail, unless you're doing mail, you're probably not running valid experiments. And if you're not running valid experiments, then all you have is a pile of data, and you have no way to sort it out. But if you're making decisions, you can look at the profit impact of variables. And that's the starting point for making money with data. One, point one, there's never enough data to make a decision. Why? Because the past is never the future. Data is historical. You hear about real-time data, it's a lie. It's in the past. Here comes the data. Oh, it's gone. It's in the past. Now, it might be closer to today, 
So there's less chance that it's irrelevant. But it's not that big a chance that it's irrelevant. It's not uncommon at all that I'll think about something that I want to buy. And I might look on eBay might even buy it might even wonder if I bought the right thing or maybe I'm just pausing at the shopping cart and then I go over to Amazon to check price to pre check prices or products or whatever see if there's something else I've essentially already bought it and oftentimes I have already bought it right and I always but I always know better than to let Amazon run rampant through my computer so I always use a private browser don't give them that cookie but anyway, I've already bought it. In the old days, I'd let them send me ads for the next two or three weeks about something that I didn't want anymore because I already had it on its way. All data is historical. And what we noticed was, like I said from the IT, whether we got what we asked for or not, we still seem to need more information. Marketing is insatiable. That, that article from Australia said the cloud makes it all better. You can store more data. You know what the cloud is? The cloud is an addiction to someone else's hard drive. Hard drives are cheap. You can have your own. I always think it's funny that somehow people think that the cloud has enabled them to save more. No, it just enables them to rent drives. You could buy the drives. You could buy them cheaper, especially if you know you're going to fill them. And you can make them faster because they're right there. Why pipe them over the Internet? That's crazy silly, but anyway. We'll go on. You know that mountains of data can actually immobilize decision making? Think about economics. Think about economists. As Harry Truman said, I think, I wish I could find a one handed economist. Data does not make decisions for you because the past isn't the future. Marketing data is all about making good decisions. What decisions are you trying to make? That's why we make money with data for mailers. We make money with data because we're trying to make key decisions. Who do we mail? Who don't we mail? That's how I explained it to Dick Cabela. If you had one catalog left, would this guy get one or would that guy get one? And when I explained it that way, Dick said, yep, that's what, that's what my customers are like. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed it. You want to make money with data? Give us a call. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. I'm John Miglosh. Merry Christmas.